So give me a clue. Who works with kids in their church here? Youth workers or youth pastors, senior pastors, deacons, board members, people with conflict in their in their marriage and they want to learn how to make their point. Okay. I got you covered. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody's got something to bring to the table, don't they? <laughs> Any areas of ministry I didn't cover? I'm just trying to figure out what the audience is here. So, so Sunday school teacher, okay. All right, Sunday school teachers, there you go. What's in the blue? What's in the brown box? I see people walking around with the brown box. Did you get a present? It's just an empty. I want one. <laughs> I'm the only one from my church that came. <laughs> oh, my clock says 2:25 now on here. 2:26. Hi, Michelle. Come on in. We have four minutes. I would go right in front of the fan if I was you. <laughs> Did you hear Michelle earlier today? I mean, she's rock on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, your hair's going to get messed up. <laughs> All this is on the tape. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about me before we get rocking and rolling, because we still have a couple minutes before we're supposed to start. But my name's Lori Valenzisi. They call me Lori V. I hail from the Youngstown area. I uh, was born in Pittsburgh, but I've lived there all my, I've lived in Youngstown basically all my life. Anybody from Youngstown? Youngstown. It's halfway between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I went to school to be a music teacher. And then uh, I got a teaching contract, and I was a junior high and high school band director. That was rocking awesome when I was 22, and the seniors were asking me to the prom. That was great. And I, then I, uh, my contract was done, and I said, okay, God, what, what do I do next? Do I look for renewal or not? And he said, Lori, I gave you a chance to do what you love. Now wait until you fall in love with what I want you to do. And the next week, I was introduced to uh, inner city ministry in Youngstown called HeartReach, and uh, I just never turned back. So um, <clears throat> that's a little bit about me. I work for group publishing as well. I'm a trainer and a seminar speaker with them, and that's been a lot of fun. I'm uh, taking on a new uh, children's pastorate in Youngstown, and uh, I'm really excited for that. I'm exhausted thinking about it. It's like I get to start from scratch, and it's woohoo! Who gets to do that, really? And uh, I'm married to Tony for 20 years, and he's a uh, wants to be a full-time musician, and he works as a project manager at a place that sells people counters <laughs> called Sensor. So if your church is looking for people counters, I know a guy. <laughs> he doesn't make any money off of it. He gets lots of headaches from it. So he's probably home playing his drums as loud as he can while we're here today. Uh, no kids, but I also I get to do um, character education in the elementary public schools. So basically I go in once a month, and I work with about 2,500 kids. 
and uh, I get to help them become the best they could be. And so it's kids church, but no God talk. Science experiments and all kinds of things. And I have worked very hard at this making your point concept through my, through my time with these students because I have 25 minutes a month and that's it. And I want them to understand who they were created to be and how to live that out without talking about God. And so I, I have developed some, uh, some ideas about how to make that happen. Now, I have a few resources that I use through this time, and these are all listed at the bottom of your handout. Make sure it's the, if you need a handout, there's handouts. I don't know where the extras went to. These are from my last one. These are from the Keep Infield. So there's one that's an inventory and one are some notes. Uh, yeah. So the first one, I don't care what you think about what Andy Stanley said this week about small groups. Just shut that out of your brain. This is by him, and it's called Communicating for a Change. Come on in. We switched the rooms for girls' ministry and making your point. We're making a point. <laughs> um, this, this. I already knew about the, uh, the one-point idea, but this lays it all out for you. It's a great book. You can get it for $11 on Amazon. Another book that's a good one to help you understand the uh, learning style side of it, come on in. We're not girls' ministry. Yeah, yeah. If you sit, oh, that's a good place to sit. All right. We should take that chair out of there completely. Um, this is called The Dirt on Learning, and it's basically about... Um, learning styles and stuff like that. So that's another one you can uh, look up. Your church library might already have it. If your pastor's older than 40, they probably have it in their library too. (laughs) All right. Let me get my right deal here. Tommy brought it and just left it in the hallway and didn't plug it in. I know. The little one's pointing out. Okay. So... So he said, okay, some of us are children's people, some of us are youth people, some of us are adult Sunday school board member pastors, just senior pastors. Anybody? Thank you, Jesus. All right. (laughs) They're the ones that need to be in here. (laughs) Please don't think that anything I'm saying today that I am telling you that you're wrong in what you do in your presentation style. This is just another way to think about it. All right. My question to you today, what is your goal as a communicator? Think about that for a moment. Because each one of you talks to people, right? You talk in front of people, in small groups of people, yes? All right. What is your goal as a communicator? Communicator is somebody who talks to people. Change the thought patterns in children. Get them to hear what you're saying. Do you hear me? To understand or comprehend. To comprehend what you're saying. I can tell you something. If you don't understand what I'm saying, my point is to get it across to you what I'm saying. Did you understand what I said? Do you hear what? I heard what you were saying. I received that. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. 
a way that somebody is going to remember. It's not just with kids, it's with anybody. Because our brains all work the same way. Hey, you're going to want to come in this room. (laughs) Here's a spot right there. (laughs) That's all girls over there. You don't want to go there. (laughs) Anybody else have another another goal as a communicator you think of? Okay, all right. Making your point is crucial as you communicate to your audience. Your audience might be your spouse or your kids, your children's church, your Sunday school classroom, whatever it is. You need to know because it keeps you in check of what exactly you want to be sharing. Now, it is so easy to get sucked into the element of being creative and you want to add stuff to your services and make them exciting and sparkle. But I want to ask you again, what's your goal as a communicator? Making your point is crucial as you communicate to your audience. And that's the whole reason you get up and speak. You want to make a point. Everybody say, I want to make a point. I know you're all reliving that in your brain. The last time somebody wouldn't listen to you. I can see you're feeling it. Many times we get off balance with what we were intending to say because we have so many creative ideas and we think something might be fun and exciting. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, we might get stuck in a certain type of presentation that may not effectively communicate to our audience. Let me say that again. We may get stuck in a certain type of presentation that may not effectively communicate to our audience. And here's why. Do you know what style of learner you are? So right now I want you to take out the, uh, the inventory there, the multiple intelligences inventory. How many of you are teachers or counselors and you've already, you've already gone through the psychology of education? All right, hang with me. You're, you're going to dig it. I've taken this test probably about 35 times in my life. I'm a professional. I never passed it. Here's the deal. Howard Gardner came up with this philosophy. He was a world-renowned psychologist that taught at The Ohio State University. And he said that there are many ways that people learn. And he coined this phrase, it's not how smart you are that matters, it's how you're smart that matters. It's not how smart you are that matters, it's how you're smart that matters. This is against all of Common Core, okay? This is against every standardized test there is. Because everybody has a conglomeration of ways that they learn. Now, there are different styles there. Um, okay, so uh, I want to I take time for you to, um, I wanna give you t- I'm going to give you eight minutes. Breeze through this as quick as you can. Let's look at the instructions. I don't have a copy. Michelle, what are the instructions? All right, here it says. So we're on this, this paper here, all right? Complete, wait, 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 don't, there were more, is, they're not, there's two stacks, it's not just that one there, okay, all right, complete each section by placing a one to the statement you feel 
identifies you. It's not maybe, it's a yes. You can put as many ones as you need to in that category and then total them up in the square. But if it's not a yes, if it's a maybe, don't put it in there. You'll screw up your line. Go. Don't do it. You'll get swept away by the wind. Scoot your chair over here if you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Come on in. No more. Uh, got him. Thank you. Don't worry about it right now. We'll keep on going. About about one more minute.
All right, when you get to the bottom of your checklist, then you'll want to take your numbers from your squares and put them on that third page in the front line, and then you, I don't know why you have to multiply by 10. <laughs> add a zero to it. You don't have to do two columns. Just add a zero to it. <laughs> and then you'll want to plot your graph. Just throw them up in the air and let them fly. If you don't color in the squares and plot your lines, that's okay. <laughs> when you get here, okay, when you get here and you've put your numbers up there, you see what your top three numbers are, or you can actually take your numbers, they, they match up with words underneath here. It's going to help you know what those learning styles are. Yeah, you don't have to color. It's okay. <laughs> but you can see, yeah, you can just do a line on the top of that graph. And Anybody clueless? I'm sorry. I'm not a logic person. <laughs> Did you do it online, Jeff? Yeah. You can actually do this with your team and get them to send you their codes and their numbers, the two different uh, elements, yeah, and then you have it there. Cool. If you're a techie like Jeff, you can do it there. The, um, I think the address is in your notes. Uh, just look at me when you are there, okay, <laughs> when, you're, when you're done with that. Okay, then put a, put a little circle in this, in this space down here. Circle the top three for me so that we know what we're talking about when we get there. <laughs> I have some extras, or you can go online and print these out for your own team if you wanted to do that with the people you work with, if you're a leader. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, so I am kinesthetic, music, and um, visual that's my music and arts and movements because I was a cheerleader. <laughs> you got your top three? And you should have your bottom three as well. Well, what I did was I, I, I asked you, you could circle your top three in the uh, graph down here. If you'd like, you don't have to. You could put a star and a cherry next to him. Is that what you said? A smiley face and a sad face or a raindrop or I, I don't know. <laughs> this is all being taped. It's awesome. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to keep talking because we're going we're gonna to lose more time. The reason I asked you to do this is because whatever kind of learner we are is the way we love to present information. It is the easiest for us. 
And everybody in our audience does not have the same learning style that we have. So I, I, my top three, Michelle asked me what my top three are. So I'm music and visual and kinesthetic. So I would be doing motions and putting rhythm. I know, motion. <laughs> I would be putting motions and rhythm to my memory verses in kids' church, and I would get angry with the kids that refused to stand up and do it, even though they could say the verse without looking at me. They could close their eyes and say it. I would feel like they were being defiant to me because they wouldn't do it the way I wanted. But that wasn't the way they connected to information. Yeah, there was a little rebellion in there in some of them. Yeah, yeah. But they refused to do it the way that I needed them to do it, to know that they got that information. And so when we want to make our point, we want to make sure that we're making our point to the vast, the the diverse group of people we're having with us. We we have to make sure that we're doing it. So you look at those those areas. These are my these are my eight. Uh, Nature smart. Somebody who my husband's a nature smart dude. If I, I learned early on in our marriage, if I wanted to get my point across to him, if I talked about a guy walking through the woods and something happened to him, he heard exactly what I was saying. I actually use these tests when I do marriage or pre-marriage counseling. So somebody learns how to talk to each other. Um, music, that's my deal. Anything with rhythm, anything. I could sing you anything. I figured I could make a million dollars if I put all of history to music and every kid would pay money for that. Uh, there's music. Uh, logic. Are you a logic smart person? What does a logic smart person need in their life? Do we have the descriptions on the back page? Numbers, reasoning, problem solving. I'll tell you what, I can engage in logic when I'm in a, I have to problem solve, but that's not at the top of my list. Um, I don't want to close the door. Can you guys deal with it? They're getting ready for the closing session. Um, existential, that's like you're, they could see the big picture. It's not just about them. They're very aware of the people and the surroundings that, that are happening around them. Interpersonal, I like to call that self-smart. You're very aware of your feelings and what's going on in you. Sometimes that could be introverted, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, kinesthetic, that's somebody who has to be moving. Um, verbal, do you do great in a session where somebody's just yapping at you? Then you're a verbal learner. Uh, it, it makes a difference. Interpersonal, did we say that one? Uh, I did, I wrote it down twice here. Uh, visual, you need the screen up there. You need your notes in your hand to help you learn. I like to draw things as I'm making a point, and, and it helps me. Did I miss any here? Verbal, visual, extension. Yeah, we got them all. So, so do you identify how you teach by your top three? Did it connect for you? Anybody, it didn't work at all? You're shocked? Okay. And maybe it's just the mood you're in, the way that you answered your questions. You never know. That, that flips around, too. We just want to make sure that we know where our areas are that we're smart and what the areas that other people might be smart in. Here's our point today. We want to communicate to our audience so that life transformation happens. I don't want to just yap at you and you walk out and you go, oh, she was a good speaker. I want you to have a transformation in your heart that changes who you are out there. 
people come to church or the Sunday school room or youth group or whatever it is, yeah, you want them to walk out feeling good. But discipleship is when some transformation happens in your life and you do something different. We want to make sure that that happens. So what's your goal as a communicator? <laughs> life transformation. Not just, not just putting out the information, not just making sure that you understand, but how does this apply to my life? And how is it going to make me different? Um, one simple idea you want to get across to your audience when your presentation of the day is what the one-point message is all about. So when I go to schools and I do my character deal, I'll have a line. So this month, it's perseverance. And it's stupid what I have to say. They're elementary kids, but they get it. I'll finish what I start because quitting isn't cool. Everybody say it. One simple statement that anybody can walk away with and communicate to anybody else about the message or presentation. No, no kid walks out of the classroom at the end of that 25 minutes and they say, what did Lori V talk about? They don't go, being good. They can tell you what the word is and they can tell you the point. And they understand how that changes in their life and what they need to do. Utilizing the one point makes it easier for your audience to grab onto the truth you want to share. Adults don't learn that much differently than children. Sometimes, I'll be real honest here, when I get to preach in the sanctuary and somebody comes up to me and says, it's always so fun to listen to how you talk to the kids. I have the same truth. I have the same truth from the Bible. I'm just hitting all the learning styles. You make that point, you stick it, stick to it, and somebody's going to walk away and know it. Um, anyways, so what's your goal as a communicator? <laughs> in me and in them. All right, all right. So I just want to, I just want to hit this real quick. Uh, some people say their goal is to teach the Bible to people. Well, that's communicating. Um, content. That's important. It is. To systematically and methodically teach verses through the books of the Bible, it's important. It really is. I need to, un- I, I need to know what the Bible says. I do. Um, if I just want to explain what the Bible says, that's it. Here's the next question. Is my goal as a communicator to teach people the Bible? That's different. I said to teach the Bible to people was the first one. Is this in your notes? I, okay. Is it to teach the Bible, to p- teach people the Bible? The goal behind that is um, making sure that I am uh, looking for effective ways to impart biblical truth to the mind and heart of the believer. That might be the three-point message. Somebody can follow along with me. And there might be some sensitivity, and there might be some elements of creativity in my presentation there. Um, my primary concern is that I covered the material and was there understanding. What's that third one say? To teach people how to live a life that reflects the values, principles, and truths of the Bible. That's where its goal is to change and add transformation. I want my audience to do something different instead of just thinking about it. 
That's one of the problems at church today. We think about things. We say, okay, I want you to think about this for this week. I had a pastor that did that. He goes, I'm not going to do an altar call. I just want you to think about this for the week. If you do that, but it wasn't enough for me. I needed, it, I needed God to show up and say, all right, this is how it's different in your life when, when I show up and you live this out and here we go and God's cheering me on to live it. That's that transformation. That's where spiritual maturity comes in. James says, faith without deeds is useless. Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Don't just think about it. Do it. Just do it. We want to see a movement of people who are not just informed about the word of God, but be transformed by the people God created us to be. That's one of the things that... In our programming, we give awards. In our kids' ministries, we give awards, JBQ awards and Royal Ranger awards and Girls' Ministry awards for all the things that they know. I'm challenging you. How does it apply to their lives? And how do they live it out? Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Environment makes all the difference in the way that it shows an application in our lives. And so in those circumstances, when I know that's happening, I have a specific prayer point on my wall that I'm praying that God opens up the heart and the mind of that student, that they truly understand the truth, not to argue with their parents, but when it comes down to the making the one point, it's going to help you. It's going to help you. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Everybody else know what he's saying? Mm-hmm. I had a pastor, one of my pastors, I was talking to kids about tithing, and I said, in the class, I said, hey, you're kids, you don't have jobs, you get birthday money, you better be tithing on it. God asked you to give him the first of everything you had, and that pastor came in my door the next day, and he said, Lori, don't you ever tell my kid to give their birthday money away. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, I, the very last page of your note notes, not the test notes, is what I call the wheel of application or the circle of application. Is that your last page? Okay, it's very colorful. I didn't know they do it in color. I utilize this when I'm trying to bring the point home. I know that we haven't gotten to how to make the point, but... I, I love this because I use this whether it's adults or teenagers or kids that I'm communicating to in my one-point message. These are all the spaces where they're going to be talking, living it out. And so here's your moment to say, so David swung a stone at Goliath because God told him he was going to take him down and trust in me and my strength, you know, God is my strength or whatever your lesson is that day. How does that work for you with the bullies on the playground at school? Are you going to put a rock in a sling and take them down because God said, I'm going to take you down? No. You're going to trust in the Lord to be your strength. And you let the kids figure out how this is going to look in their lives. You engage in that conversation with them. I don't ever want to walk away without some options of what this looks like in life. We'll get specific in a moment about that. Um, but it helps me. 
I, I look at that at the beginning of the week, and I ask the Holy Spirit to show me what that's going to look like when we sit down for our class time so that the Holy Spirit is bringing it up. And those kids are going, man, this happened to me. If I would have just lived out my life like this, would have been better. Or, hey, I had, a, I had a God sighting. I did that this week. That, that circle of application is a phenomenal tool for me. Um, we want to make sure that we are communicating to our audience. All right. Here we go. You ready for it? Everybody say, pick a point. Is that the next thing on our notes there? All right. First of all, you want to pick a point. (laughs) That's the most important thing. What the heck are you going to talk about? So, um, so let me, let me show you how this works. Listen to what I have to say, and then I'm going to have you repeat it back to me. No pencils, no pencils at this time. Put your pencils down. 42, 17, 11, 31, 76, 24, 9, 12, 84. Go ahead. Repeat it back. If you give people too much to remember, they won't remember anything. I read this. I read this illustration this week. This is not my own idea, but I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty good visual. It said, if you're thirsty, don't go to a fire hydrant. You'll drown yourself before you ever manage a swallow. You've got to narrow the focus of your message to one point, and then everything else in the message will support, illustrate, and make that message memorable to the audience. This is anti-seminary preaching. But if you use curriculum, it has one point. Use it over and over and over again. It's not boring. What was the question I kept asking you? What is your goal as a communicator? I'm going to say it like four more times. <laughs> and you'll walk out and say, what is my goal? To make my point for life transformation. Yeah. It's not enough just to fill up your space. Okay? You're going to use a roadmap to do that. Picking your one point is your, is your sentence that's going to illuminate everything else. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, my my uh, perseverance lesson, I'm going to finish what I start. Quitting's not cool. It's, it's succinct. I have literature. I have science. We bring history into it. But it all comes back to that point. I utilize my point in multiple ways. It's my intro. What's going on? Your point could be a short, succinct, your own version of the verse in everyday language. Can I tell you a secret? If you don't know the Bible word for word, it's okay for you to put it in your own words the way that God shows you. Okay, it's okay. (laughs) 
And it's okay, because I'd rather you tell me what it means to you than to spout off something that doesn't mean anything. Um, I utilize my point as my transition element, because every one of my pieces in my lesson is a different learning style. And you know, you, you know when you feel trapped. Did you feel trapped when I made you do that logic page where you had to do the test? Some of you felt trapped. You're like, I don't want to do this. This is too much pressure right now. I can't do it in eight minutes. Well, when it was over, you went, thank goodness she's done talking about that. I used my point to transition between my different learning styles because the kid that feels trapped in that, oh, my gosh, she's going to make me do a craft or a worksheet when I say the point, Quitting's not cool. They can take a deep breath and they go, she's moving on to something else. And it's an easy, smooth transition. Transitions are not always easy when you're having a conversation with people and it's one-sided right now. I'm doing all the talking. How many of you have gotten lost in the preacher's message because they didn't transition well? How many of you got lost already while you've, I've been talking to you? Because I didn't transition well. Let's be honest, it's not easy. And so we want to make sure that we're utilizing that. It helps me to keep track of my time, too. Because if I know that I have four more things, four more bullet points on my to-do list, and I see that I only have 15 minutes left, i got to kick it up a notch in the next session and just do two minutes in the next piece and blast my way through. It's a good time management piece for me. So it relieves kids, it keeps me on task, and it helps them to walk away that when their parents say to them, what you talk about today? Jesus... <laughs> right? Okay. All right. Um, so how do you do it? You get a good road map. Did you ever go on a trip without a map? I did. So I was traveling for group, and I went to Illinois in a, in a, in a plane to go do a conference somewhere. And this was before everybody had cell phones and Internet access everywhere. And I get there, and I realize that I don't have my page in my book of the name of the church. That I'm, or my directions of how to drive there. And so I got to my hotel somehow from the airport, and then on Saturday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm driving around in this podunk village, and I have no idea what to do. And I'm thinking, well, group usually has a church that's very visual. It's real close to the freeway. I came off the freeway, and so I see, I see this little um, corner store, in this little town that Andy Taylor lived in. And I go in and I say, I have a really weird question to ask you. And all the time I've been praying in the spirit in my car. Oh, Jesus, help me find where I need to be. Put that star over this church because I don't know where I'm going. And I ask the guy, I go, is there a really big church around here? Well, there's a big one up on the hill over there. And if you go here and there, and that guy got me to where I was going. You need a good road map, or else you're lost in the middle of nowhere. There were like 200 people there. I didn't know how to get there. Man, don't leave without your road map. Your road map is your, is your notes of how you're going to get your point across. All right? A good map will allow you to find the best and most effective course for arriving at your destination, which is your point. Everybody say point. They, your roadmap is an informational outline. It'll have details of your scriptures, or it could be a relational outline. I'm going to challenge you here. 
Your relational outline is where you're building a relationship between yourself and your audience and God. Where do you learn best? With people around you while you're talking or while somebody's yapping at you? You're not learning best while I'm talking at you. You learn best when you're talking about it. In the car on the way home, you're going to be talking about what you... That's relational learning. That's a key component to to having great learning. And a relational outline as a speaker up front is a very important thing. So here's how Andy Stanley breaks it down in his book, Communicating for a Change. Um, This is the me, we, God, you, we. Sounds like a camp name. (laughs) Do you see that there? All right. Let me talk you through it really fast. Because we have about a few more minutes. Okay. The me. So this is where you're explaining who you are and you're all about. So I introduced myself. Some of you were here when I introduced myself. Do you know anything about me? Tell me something about me that I told you about me. I was a high school teacher. Music. Music. There you go. Awesome. Great. Fantastic. All right. So somebody who's speaking to the same group of people over and over again doesn't have to do a lot of this. But when I let you know who I am, I'm not just yapping at you. There's, there's a relationship building. Some of you feel like you know me now. Great. <laughs> um, there's something powerful in this. If you're with the same group of people all the time, Um, When I get to the classroom and I see kids in the schools, I immediately say, is there anybody in here that I have never met before? Or, no, I say that you've never met Lori V. And so I I empower them to come and meet me. And I shake that kid's hand and they wiggles and they tell me their name and where they went to school before. And then there's a connection. I'm not just this stranger that dropped into their class that does loud and obnoxious things. The relationship makes a difference. Um, that doesn't mean that you're standing up talking about the football scores or the basketball scores or whatever drama went on on The Bachelorette, okay? This is about you personally. Um, then you, you can slide into introduce your topic for the day, however that might be. So if I were going to talk about perseverance, I might say, hey, I was at the hospital with my dad all week. Boy, did I have to learn that I couldn't give up on him. I had to keep... Okay. The next phase is we. Everybody say we. We. This is where you go from from me, the speaker, what I'm thinking or feeling, to what we are all thinking and feeling. Uh, We got to find an emotional common ground around our point. Have you ever felt like you wanted to quit something? How did it make you feel? You see what I'm doing there? I'm bringing the we in. If you didn't, we, we, okay. Uh, It might be, I might say, we as women, or we as pastors, or we as moms, or we as, I don't know, whatever. So I make it relational between us, and we experience the problem together that we need to solve. Um, My goal is to raise a felt need to as many people in the audience as I can. So I don't want to eliminate anybody who's not a pastor. 
I want you to feel included in the conversation. I don't want it to just, this just to be to Sunday school teachers. I want youth pastors to feel welcome in the conversation. So you got to figure all those things out, okay? So when I talk to kids, how many of you is the big brother or big sister? Are you the little brother or little sister? Are you the only child and you feel like all the pressure's on you? That kind of thing. So once you've got that connection, that the, the emotions are stirring with the we, then you bring in the God side of it. Everybody say God. There it is. The God section of the map is where I take this emotional common ground I've established and I introduce the biblical truth into this discussion. So now I am starting with the solution to the problem we experienced in the we. Solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, I might be starting out with a scripture. I might be starting out with how this works in my life and then bring in the scripture, you can figure that out, whatever the rhythm is that you need to bring in. But the God piece is super important. I get to miss all of that when I do the school's piece. Um, And then you go to the you. Everybody say you. Once we've introduced God's view on the subject as the answer to the need of the point, it makes it easy to ask, so what are you going to do about it? Not we. What are you going to do about it. That empowers everybody in your class or your audience or your congregation to start thinking, well, how how is this going to work out for me? Um, It might feel like a relief, and it might not. Because when I bring up this big, giant void in our lives that God says he wants to fill and you go what are you going to do about it sometimes people go oh I I don't have the strength to deal with that so it might feel like relief and it might be that angst but when your emotions are connected to what's going on you have a 90% more 90% chance of retaining that information more it's a proven 90% retention when somebody's emotions are engaged in what they're hearing. Because when you remember how you felt, if you were in the last group and you were tossing stuff around in the circle, and you remember the frustration you felt, next time you see people tossing stuff around, you're going to think about that. (laughs) Because your emotions are engaged in it. When somebody almost hits you and you're driving, you remember what it feels like the last time somebody hit you. you. You don't forget those things. Um, in the you section, here's some, here's some uh, things you want to remember. It might not feel like a relief, but it's always the, the you side is always to answer a question they're already asking themselves if you haven't asked it as a speaker. You can go back... And everywhere you raised a need, you might bring an, a, an application. Okay, so let's say you're preaching on, on quitting. When you feel like you're empty, when you have no money left in your checkbook, when you don't have any food in your cupboard. Well, now I can go back and I can say, when you're not going to quit, you're going to keep on persevering, what does that look like? What is that? You can go back to those things in this section if you need to. Um, you can't go back everywhere, though. Because you might get sidetracked and off your point. The worst thing a communicator can do is overpromise and underdeliver. 
You're building trust with your listeners. Not just trust in the information, but trust in your relationship. If you don't have a relationship with the people you're communicating to, you've lost that emotional connection. All right. And then there's the last we. Everybody say we. This is where we cast a common vision. The vision is what our lives, our church, or even our world would look like if we would only apply these truths and live them out. It's the irrational part of your message. My goal at this point is to inspire people to make a change. Sometimes being faced with God's word can leave a listener feeling defeated. (laughs) It's true. If all you think about is how far you have to go, I'm only here on the road map and you want me over here. But if you can give them a picture so they could have a little bit of hope, that makes a difference too. It's not condemning, it's life-giving. Um, this is Andy Stanley's method of the one-point message. And so you could see how it would be easy, maybe you can't, <laughs> how easy it would be you have one statement and you're going to bring all of that into it. You're going to support it with your ideas. You're not so worried about your three points, but you're figuring out, okay. And you can bring in other elements of learning. You can bring in your nature example. You can bring in your logic example. Every question you ask is a logic person. You can bring in the analysis. You can bring in a video if you want to. Just make sure that it has to do with the one point that you've created. Uh, Here are a couple other people's ideas of how they, they map it out. But that relationship makes all the difference when you're mapping it out. But hey you! <laughs> I like that. Look at this! Do you see me here? Do you see it? Now go do it! That's a good one point message there. Alright? And then, I, I don't, I'm not sure I know who this one is. The hook. You got the hook. I'm getting your attention. The book. Examine the word, look, expound on the passage, took. This is the takeaway, how you make your appeal to take it home with you. I'm not a fan of that one, only because that's a more traditional element that is really about the second part about imparting information. It's not necessarily about life transformation. You might be able to, maybe you like those words and it snaps for you. But I thought I'd put it out there. We want to communicate to our audience so that life transformation takes place. Amen? Amen. So when it comes to your point, I just want to make sure I'm getting through here. Somehow some of the things on my PowerPoint are confused to the notes that you have. Let me make sure I've hit it all. Um, Dale Hudson He writes the uh, relevant children's ministry blog. He says, here's 10 ways to make your lesson unforgettable. This works for any age group. All right, here I go. Utilize your point through your entire presentation. It's not just Anley Stanley saying it. (laughs) One point. Don't quit because quitting's not cool. Use everyday objects. You know why? Because when somebody sees them, they're going to go, oh, yeah, remember they talked about that? Oh, yeah. Have somebody act out what you're talking about. There's nothing better than a wife and a husband having an argument on the stage when you're going to talk about conflict resolution. (laughs) That's awesome. 
but don't let it be your own real conflict. <laughs> Ask open-ended questions. So kids pastors, youth pastors, Sunday school teachers, they don't always want to be told what to do. Let them figure it out according to what God's word says. My mother would tell me she made those mistakes and she didn't want me to do them and I would in my strong-willed way say, I want to make my own mistakes, leave me alone. We don't want to be told what to do. When God's word says it, it helps us to figure it out. Open-ended questions. Um, A good picture is worth a thousand words. Use your visuals. But please don't sit your kids in front of videos. Do some of the teaching. Uh, Let the kids teach. Let your youth group teach. Let somebody in in your class, an adult class, make a point and build from that. Focus on one truth per lesson. Boy, that came out twice, huh? (laughs) In his list of ten. One truth per lesson. That's more than any of us can handle anyways. Engage the audience's senses. Have you ever been to a 4D theater? Did you ever go to like an experience at Cedar Point? Or, uh uh-huh, and the the bees were coming around and my seat was buzzing and it was freaking me out. (laughs) Engage their senses. If you talk about a smell or a sound or use a sound, it takes them back. Emotions cement memories. Somebody has a bad experience, they don't want to come back. In third grade, the girl that sat next to me in third grade threw up once a week. She had a stomach problem. My emotions were, were cemented that year. I hated school. I hated it. And I still see her. As soon as I see her, I think, is she going to throw up? <laughs> She doesn't. Thank you, Jesus. (sighs) Tell a story. That's your next bullet point. Tell a story. Your experience is a story. The me, we, God, you, we is a story. If I'm talking at you, it's not a story. Are those ten? I think that's ten. You could go online to find those. Experience doesn't make you better. Evaluated experience makes you better. So I'm going to take these recordings. I'm going to listen to them and evaluate myself. Every four months, I set up a video camera in the back of the room, and I evaluate myself when I'm talking or speaking or preaching because I want to see if I'm saying a word incorrectly or I'm using the same gestures Evaluation is where you grow. Have somebody sit in your class and give them some points that you're looking at and let them talk to you afterwards. You need to do that every so often. And you need to sit in someone else's class to see what they do. If something's bugging you, maybe it's because you're not doing something correctly. Or maybe you could help them and you can build a relationship that helps you to help each other. All right? Someone you trust, okay? Not somebody you don't trust. That'll beat you out. All right. And here's how you can lose your audience. Sloppy transitions, too many points, too much information. I lost you a long time ago. Long introductions, long conclusions, 
Abstract thoughts without life application. Pet peeve of Lori V. Don't tell me what we're going to do about the altar call and then tell me how to do it again and then once I get there you talk about it again. Can we just pray? Pastors, leaders, don't talk about what you're going to do because that means you don't have a good plan already set out in your roadmap. Know how you're going to transition from the main work to the main work on the floor on their knees. you got to know before you go into it. If you're going to talk about it, you lost me. Keep your point the point. If your point is to bring them to, the, to, to their knees at the altar, then write it into your roadmap. Construct those phrases you need to make it all happen. Your time of crafting your lesson for your point makes all the difference. And bring them to their life application. Uh, let me just make sure. We want to communicate to our audience so that life transformation can make a change. I've blabbed at you for a really long time. Anybody have questions or comments? <laughs> All right. So, I want to challenge you with this. Every one of my buckets has salt in it. This one has marbles. Can you separate the marbles from the salt? Somebody come here. Go ahead, separate the marbles from the salt. Oh, that's pretty easy, right? Good job. Give her a hand. Good job. All right. All right. All right. So there's salt and rice in this one. Anybody separate it? No? What if I gave you a tool to help you? Because they already said it was impossible. I got a little strainer here. Somebody help me out with this. Can you separate the rice from the salt now? Some situations look a little stickier than others. Maybe you feel like you can't do it. Just make sure it doesn't fall. Mm, look at that. I just needed a tool to help me separate it out. Not so bad. Not so bad now. It takes a little shaking. Mm-hmm. All right. It's possible. All right. A little harder, but it's possible. I have salt in my water here. Anybody think they can separate it out? Oh, wait a second. Say. Mm. So when I stand with the kids and I say this to them about not quitting, every situation is not the same. Scientists have proven that when the water evaporates out of a salt water body, the salt remains. But it'll take a long time for the water to evaporate. The salt will remain. And that's how you can separate it. Every circumstance is not the same. Your class is different than my class. But I will tell you this. If you give me one point for my day of how to live it out, you're going to change my mind about what I'm doing. But if you give me a big long list of things to do, it's just a bunch of rules and it's religion to me.
Jesus spoke in one-point messages. He told stories, and he had relationship with people. Make a great roadmap and change the world. All right? Thanks for coming and hanging out with me.